Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The go through some emails, check your calendar, see that you have a 45 minute break in the day between meetings, realize this is your moment. So you drive right to McDonald's to pick up something extra delicious ASAP meal. Thank you. There's a meal for every moment at McDonald's. Buy one of your select faves and get another for just a dollar every morning, like a sausage McMuffin or hash browns. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Prices and participation may vary. Valid for product of equal or lesser value. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Combo meal valid when product served. Welcome to episode number 53 of the LSR podcast. My name is Matt Brown, joined each and every week by the brightest minds in all of the gaming industry. Two of those guys, Dustin Galker, Adam Candy, join me here on the program today. Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google is where you can go to subscribe, rate, and review for this podcast. We'll talk a little bit of DraftKings. We're going to talk some numbers. We will talk some states moving forward with opening casinos and what we think about all of that and how it's going to uh, affect the sports betting market and gaming market overall. But guys, I don't know if you saw the news yesterday, but we have something to aspire to here on the LSR podcast. Uh, Spotify is going to pay Joe Rogan a hundred million dollars for his podcast. So um, we just need to get a few more listeners, just a little bit more engagement and we're in for the big bucks. Yeah, I mean, I take like 1% of that for the LSR podcast. You can have, you can have it for 0.1% of the podcast, and I'll take that too. Yeah, you can, they could have it in perpetuity, like for 1% of what they're paying Joe Rogan. We're a bargain over here. Totally true. I Yeah, that, that number kind of floored me. I know, I know it's a little out of far afield, but Joe, uh, yeah, Joe has a big platform, and uh, obviously the UFC following, in addition to all his... Uh, People who love his takes on everything, but uh, I don't. Th- I don't think we're getting a hundred million dollars anytime soon. I'm trying to imagine someone from the past watching Fear Factor like ten years ago. <laughs> this was the potential outcome. <laughs> a guy trying to convince people to eat June bugs and whatever, and all this. And next thing you know, the guy is signing a contract for a hundred million dollars for his podcast. So yeah, that is a. Uh, that is some interesting yeah. stuff. Guys, as always, if you want to follow Dustin Adam on the Twitter machine at Dustin Galker at Adam Candy, that is two E's and no Y. So let's kick things off here. We've been talking about DraftKings a lot, guys, and rightfully so. I mean, they have been making a bunch of moves, a bunch of news going with DraftKings here. They come out with their earnings call and the information that was given on the earnings call did not seem to affect what was going on with that DraftKings stock really at all or what people think about this company. You know, the interesting part here, Matt, is I think the conventional wisdom among most people in the industry was, okay, the share price is going to bump up initially, but then once we get to the earnings call and we see just how much DraftKings and uh, and its new partner SB Tech have accumulated in losses over Q1, that you know some sobriety would set in. And it turns out there wasn't much sobriety. The stock is still drunk. Um, Like you're talking about uh, some analysts raising their target as high as $35 on the share price that was, you know, pre-merger at $10, went out on the market around 17 
and was trading yesterday around 29. So it really nothing that was said on the earnings call seemed to dampen the long term view. Now, what's interesting, I think, about that is that some of what was cited as reasons for why people aren't worried, you know, growth in segments like esports, um, very skeptical as to whether those are sustainable post shutdowns. But overall, uh, this has to be far beyond the uh, the wildest scenarios for DraftKings in terms of what they thought could happen here at the start. And this is also yeah, why I mean, we're not we're not stock picking touts here on on right. else, our podcast. If you, I mean, we haven't. I don't know if we've really actually given any advice on whether you should buy DraftKings or not. I, I think I think we haven't. But you, it, if we, yeah, if we're before all this, I'm totally with Adam. Like we are, and again, we look at this so granular. We're in it all the time. Like people are still just excited about the possible future of sports betting, right? They're 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 looking at DraftKings as this. Pure play, United States uh, has only casino too. Has all this going for it. Has done well everywhere. So it's you know it, you know in a macro sense when you step back and look at the general public looking at DraftKings, you can kind of understand it. But yes, in the short term, like esports, DFS, these these things are not not major parts of the business. It needs to continue to see sports betting grow. It needs online casino to continue to grow. Again, it will do that. And uh, it has Pennsylvania now. It will be in Michigan when when they launch. So it's a uh, it is kind of a head scratcher when you when you look at, at all the underlying numbers, but you can also understand it if somebody's looking at this as a long term play. Um, you know, DraftKings, you know, four or five years from now could be a, a very good bet. Yeah, it is. Uh, it, it's more than interesting. I'll put it that way. It is definitely more than interesting when we take a look at, at all this. And we talked about this a little bit on the podcast last week. And if you guys didn't listen, first of all, why did you not listen? But uh, glad that you are here this week is just the, the overall look. And I, I talked about I'd read a couple of articles that basically people are just bullish on the thought of legalized sports betting overall in general and long term. I think uh, I read another article this past week, and Adam, I think this probably lends a little bit more to this kind of forward-thinking look, but I think maybe people aren't really realizing maybe how far away some of this stuff is, but this article actually cited, you know, we're talking about this market right now, and we're seeing these numbers, and we're not even talking about Florida and Texas and California being in play, and yet, you know, they mentioned the the, the big three states there that don't have any sort of sports betting and then New York that doesn't have online sports betting as we know. But um, I think maybe that's a pretty optimistic kind of viewpoint here because we know that California and Texas for sure could run into all kinds of uh, roadblocks along the way and in Florida as well. Yeah, there's definitely a diminishing returns point out there in terms of states that can legalize. Now, by the end of the year, you're going to have 20 states that have some sort of sports betting industry. You're going to have more than half of those have an online sports betting industry. So what you've seen in the first two to two and a half years is not repeatable in the following two to two and a half years because you're very likely not going to have 40 states with sports betting and 20 states with online. And now you could have the 20 states with online, but the 40 is probably a very, very best case scenario. So I think what's really intriguing for me right now is that you talk about that long-term play. We've removed a little bit of the gold rush element being in the middle of the shutdown, right? Like there's nothing immediate for anyone to look at in the last couple of months and say, wow, this is amazing. Like, look what they've been doing. 
well, no, no one's doing anything right now. Like if you're looking at this, you absolutely are looking at this as this company is not going to be able to show significant growth until the fall at the earliest, at the very earliest. And that Q1 report that we referenced, I mean, DraftKings posted a loss of $74 million, but that's not unexpected if you're looking at it from a long-term perspective, as opposed to, you know, as Dustin mentioned, a more granular view as we tend to have inside, uh, inside the industry. Yeah. And I think, I do think the one thing on the, on the projections of what's happening for DraftKings, Adam hit it on the head there with, you know, there it's, again, I, I, I always come down on the side of pessimism on more states doing this. And yes, there will be some desire to look at sports betting and, and perhaps even online casino as a revenue source. But you, you yeah, you just can't, add, it's not like you're going to snap your fingers and like double the online sports betting market. We have Tennessee coming, you know, Colorado, when it get, once it gets rolling is, a, is, a, is obviously a big state. Virginia will launch either later this year or early next. So that, I mean those are those are good states but yeah we have to, we we're talking about when we talked about the big 4 and we have we didn't talk about New York always kind of in play God only knows if that's going to happen either, but you know, I'm not, I'm not going to bet on any of those four states, one legalizing it this year for sure and or two even next year. So we're like it's hard to say like DraftKings just because of the 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 impetus of sports betting is going to substantially grow. Uh, just because of more states passing sports bank. Now, if online casino starts happening, that's a different story. And but that's another one where you know it's uh, we we always say we you know uh, we've been doing this long enough. We say oh this the, the Michigan we said Pennsylvania is a tipping point. More states are going to do it. And then then it took years for Michigan to do it. Oh, Michigan's a tipping point. Like I, I don't buy that. That's the tipping point for for casino. Now, if we get you know the big companies that are in Michigan uh, like MGM to start really pushing for this everywhere that they are, and Penn National, they're putting tons of money with the Barstool brand into online casino, like then, then we're talking about something and then you have this critical mass of states that really makes a difference in DraftKings or, or any online casino or online gambling companies portfolio. And then, then we're really, then we really have something, but I'm still going to err on the side of pessimism of, on all of that happening. We love to talk numbers here on the podcast, especially in the states where we've been monitoring for, for a long time now, Pennsylvania being, one of those states, Adam, we did get the Pennsylvania numbers, as we would expect. The numbers are what you would expect with there being no sports out there. However, there was an interesting nugget to take away from these numbers. Yeah, you know, Matt, I think what's interesting here is that Pennsylvania, the handle is 46 million down 65 percent from March, 87 percent from January. And we know there was no draft betting available in Pennsylvania, which to me is still one of the great mysteries of regulation in the U.S. as to why Pennsylvania can't have NFL draft betting. I mean, I've I've even kind of worked that situation through with. Uh, with some representatives from the gaming control there. And I still don't totally understand why it doesn't fit into the definition. But as you mentioned, the nugget that comes out of it is that FanDuel has had a pretty large share of the market in Pennsylvania from the beginning there. 41% for FanDuel in the month of April. But DraftKings bumps up from 22 to 27%. And I think almost as interesting, even though it's a small number, is FoxBet moving up from 5% to 8%. We know DraftKings has the ability to grow. We just spent 10 minutes talking about that. But Foxbet has sort of had that sleeping giant status for a while since the uh, since the Stars Group uh, purchase was announced. And we haven't seen them be able to monetize that reach quite yet. And that could be one of those long-term plays where, you know, by the time the NFL gets back on the air and you have Fox with the ability to push its free-to-play products and bring people in and more states online, 
you see Fox begin to to grow in other spots as well. Um, As we mentioned, Dustin mentioned the potential for online gaming and legislation and regulation throughout the country. A record forty three million dollars in April. That's double the number from March. And I guess at this point, it's worth us mentioning that that would be Fox cutting into the lead of its own company, of, of, of its partner here now, because they are all under the same umbrella. Dustin, I know we talked about it on the podcast when it happened, but still to me, when I look back and look at this company that got made, I, I don't I don't know. I, maybe we didn't devote enough time to it. It's just it's 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 crazy. This monstrosity of a gaming company that got made in, in this merger, man. Yeah, you know, it's 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 easy right now to just kind of like, oh, it's that's business as usual. But yeah, it's you know, if if you know, Poker Stars and is a is a is a huge brand, it's still well still pretty well known in the United States, you know. You have the power of Fox behind it. You already have FanDuel, which is the the early leader in sports betting across the country, uh doing well in online casino in New Jersey and Pennsylvania. It's you know, this it's the the, you know, it's it's really set up for success in the United States, and that's again we always just focus on that. And it's a got so much business or, around the world that it's in the U.S. is still pretty tiny in comparison. But it, it to, to discount them as you know, and all of this is is definitely foolhardy. It's going to continue to grow. They're going to you know, they right now it looks like they're going to dual track of promoting all of all of these brands in the U.S. And you know, this is not to even say you know TVG and, and the horse betting segment, which is you know providing you know, uh, a boost right now and, you know, an avenue to acquire customers for all of these other verticals. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, yeah, I do think we don't, I'm not sure we, we've devoted enough time to it, but compared to DraftKings, cause it is, it is, you know, the, a bigger company right now and, and, and it has more of the market. It's, uh, you know, DraftKings, the shiny new toy because of the, of the reverse merger and going public, but there's so much going on. I mean, I remember when it happened, it happened in like the middle of the night. I think and I woke up at like three o'clock and started writing about it. And it's like, it's, it's hard to wrap your mind around how big this is. If you see, a, like you see all the brands again, it's not, I, I mentioned a lot of them already in addition to, you know, uh, you know, Patty power, uh, what everything else they do in the UK and the rest of the world. It's, it is just a massive company. Adam, I think I'm most curious as well as we head into what we assume will be a football season this year. If Fox decides to make this a much bigger part of the broadcast, we know this past year that we saw Fox bet pop up here and there, and we saw some mentions here and there about everything, but they said that they were going to be pretty conscious about not going over the top with it and not mentioning it too much in the course of a broadcast and not putting it too front and center. Now that we're, you know, a year later here, I do wonder what we're going to see kind of in these Fox NFL broadcasts as far as the Fox bet brand. What we've seen thus far from Fox is a desire to do this through its ancillary channels, right? Like doing it through Colin Cowherd and other personalities on social media. Uh, I think where you might see it is more in the pregame show than the halftime show. I don't know that they're going to risk the game broadcast quite that much because I believe that's where the NFL's concern lies more than what goes on you know, when the uh, when the whistle is blown. So I think, you know, I would expect to see a continued integration into the pregame show. We saw, you know, win Terry Bradshaw's money or you know, whatever the hell it was called. Um, you know, and I think we're going to have more of that kind of stuff pushing the free to play. And I wonder, you know, we probably will want to track that 
free to play and see, you know, what sort of stuff is being pushed alongside that to get people into the states where they're active, like Pennsylvania, like Colorado, New Jersey, et cetera. Very nice little segue for us there to move into Colorado. And we talked about the market in Colorado and how intriguing it is to us and how interesting it's going to be in the overall landscape of deals where we have a massive amount of brands in kind of an open market there in Colorado, going to have a ton of players in the game. And one of those players is definitely big overseas, Dustin, but hasn't really made any sort of impact here in the United States, but it looks like they are going to be launching in Colorado soon. Yeah, Bet365, uh, no, again, we're talking about very large companies. This is another huge lar- uh, online gambling and sports betting company that has been you know, a, a giant in the rest of the world, um, is, is coming to Colorado. It, you know, people are always intrigued to when, uh, when, we, when things are moving along about what Bet365's plans are for the United States. And I'm not sure I ever have a very good answer other than now we see, again, in another state. But you know they they've they've definitely gone cautiously. They are in New Jersey. Um, you know they have they've actually bought a, a share of a casino in, in New York State so that they could you know if and when they pass an online gambling bill they can offer online sports betting via that. Obviously, an interesting play. Uh, all of the partnerships with those casinos already taken up with the uh, with DraftKings, FanDuel, and uh, Rustry Interactive, which runs the Bet Rivers brand. So yeah, they've been very slow and cautious, which you know kind of matches with the, the identity of the company. Uh, they're not just going in and throwing tons of money at the problem and, and hoping it works out like DraftKings and Vandal do. So I think, you know, there's there's definitely some, there's a lot of people who think, you know, sitting, sitting now, staying at kind of a low profile, uh, saving your powder for a later date to kind of go after all of these markets. And, and you know, Colorado, again, as we said, is an attractive market for just about anybody, kind of easy to get in, plenty of license available open market that you can, you know, you can do whatever you want. And it's not, it makes a lot of sense for bet 365. Now, why they, why they haven't been aggressive in, in other states that have online betting, I, I couldn't tell you. And they're, they really are kind of an also ran in New Jersey so far, but, but I think it is more of a long-term play that you're going to see bet 365 kind of bide its time, go into markets that make sense for it. And, and then, and, and try to get into the big markets like New York and then, uh, you know, perhaps spend and really try to try to, to push its market share later on. I think one of the interesting notes that came out of Brad Allen's story was that 365 had only begun its uh, real marketing push in New Jersey in March, right? They, they were kind of going for March Madness and ramp up from there and get ready for football season. And obviously, the you know, pandemic shutdowns changed that plan up. So we'll see how they reconfigure. Yeah, really interesting with a brand like Bet365 for people who've been in the gaming industry for a long time. You know, I've known I've known of the brand for 15, 20 years now. You know, I mean, 20 years, I guess, at this point uh, of Bet365. It's just, just a massive, massive brand everywhere else around the world. And And yeah, I actually did an informal little poll with some of my some of my people here in Nevada who I would even consider to be you know, fairly savvy when it comes to some of this stuff. And yeah, Bet365 didn't resonate at all. And so I think it's uh, probably why we are seeing, you know, DraftKings and FanDuel. We joked, Dustin, and, and this was articles were written and fists were pounded about that crazy ad blitz that they had where every other commercial on television was a FanDuel or DraftKings ad. And we thought, oh man, this was the stupidest thing they could have ever done. 
And I think we're seeing this kind of play out that 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 probably is leading to where they are in the market right now, just because of the familiarity with with that brand. I mean, I think that in the long run, that crazy blitz of ads paid off for them. Yeah, I agree there. But it is also interesting. Like we're we also these the sports betting ads aren't like nationwide, like the DFS ones are. You know, anecdotally, we have you know people in Pennsylvania and New Jersey who are who see. Like right now, there are tons of uh, of ads for DraftKings, FanDuel, and some of the other brands. It's 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 maybe a little bit more muted because you're not seeing it like everywhere, and there's not a ton of sports put it on. But there are, you know, the ad blitz uh, again. Maybe yeah. maybe I'm overstating it, but there's a there's a lot of advertising going into this that uh, at the at the state level. And again, I'm not sure if I've seen a whole lot in, in other states, but Pennsylvania, New Jersey, again, where you have online casino as well. There's there's been a ton of that. So yeah, there's uh you know the the, what we're doing, what we're seeing again is you're, there's a, there's lots of ways to approach the market. DraftKings and FanDuel taking kind of uh, let's 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 do it all. Get be early movers and get everybody in the door. And then you know the what, what everybody else, Bet three sixty five, being a little slower and just and you know building on a brand like. And I think it's a, I think it's a good brand. Like some of the other names don't necessarily resonate, but I think Bet three sixty five just uh, I think it's a good brand and will and will eventually resonate in the United States. Adam, we talked about Louisiana a couple of times here. I look at Louisiana making multiple podcast appearances over the last few weeks. And we were talking about how it they were trying to get this done. And then it looked like they were going to be able to get this done. So where do we stand as far as the people being able to decide whether they want sports betting in Louisiana or not? Yeah, Matt, people are going to think you have influence around here. I wouldn't want them to get that impression. <laughs> like, I wouldn't want them to start talking crazy. But yes, Louisiana does see the bill that passed the Senate pretty handily move through a House committee. And I think what's notable is that you know, you've got a legislature back in here. It's moving quickly and it's a bill that's just a referendum bill. Right. And those tend to be able to sail through a little quicker than the ones that are going to enact the industry. So trying to get this on the ballot for fall and you know, realistically you could look and see sports betting in Louisiana I would say mid 2021 if this were to all come together uh, you know it's not a perfect bill by by any stretch in terms of the construction um, but at the same time momentum continuing for sports betting throughout the country and as you have talked about quite a bit, you know, would become really the only serious regional competitor to Mississippi. Yeah. And I think the only, the, the other thing here is, you know, they will vote parish by parish, but I mean, all of the, all of the parishes that have all of the population already have gaming as it is anyway. So when you're talking about where Shreveport is located and where Lake Charles is located in Baton Rouge and New Orleans, all of those places already have casinos as it is anyway. So they're not averse to gaming or gambling or anything like that. You might have some weird parishes in the middle of the state or something like that who might you know, vote it down or whatever, but I don't think anyone's going to care about that too much. Uh, all of the population hubs will will likely pass this through. And as you mentioned, probably it give them a chance to be betting on, you know, their LSU Tigers and the New Orleans Saints there for the 2021 season. Um, Dustin, let's talk a little bit of news coming out of Indiana. Yeah, we got another operator. This is another one. We're talking about lots of big companies. Caesars in the online sports betting market for Indiana. I think this one's interesting. Caesars has definitely started moving more quickly, whether this was 
you know, I, I would imagine all of this was planned pre-pandemic, but they've also gone live in, in Pennsylvania, uh, have an online casino there as well now uh, via their property in Philadelphia. So Caesars getting in is is certainly is certainly interesting. Uh, you know, they've long said they are really interested in online gambling, but it's been hard to see the evidence out of of that outside of of uh, New Jersey. So we're finally seeing them uh, in Indiana, and you got to think that you know as they get this dialed in a little bit more, we're going to see see more of that. You know, I think uh, obviously the Nevada app is kind of like all the other Nevada apps, but they, they have a little bit of a better. Uh, product that's uh, launched in the rest of the world. I, you know, I'd say it's still probably behind some of the top top operators out there. But um, you know, again, massive company that you know is probably seeing the the future of online gambling more so now than it than it has in the past, and and looking increasingly to do a little bit more of that, especially as more and more states uh, have it. So another option for for people in Colorado. Again, hopefully you'll have some more sports to bet on soon. But you do have NASCAR and UFC and. Uh, can bet on the Broncos futures and uh, obviously some more coming down the pike soon. And we have the, we have the match version two coming up this weekend as well. So we'll have a couple quarterbacks out on the golf course with tiger and Phil in that one. Uh, Adam, as far as Indiana goes, we really haven't seen what they bring to the table yet. Right. I mean, we're, it was, it was in their infancy. And then of course, with no March madness and everything like that. I mean, we really haven't seen what Indiana is capable of yet as far as the sports betting market. It kind of sucks for Indiana because they were just getting going in a pretty big way, considering how quickly the industry ramped up. Right. I mean, this is an industry that started right before the last football season and was benefiting enormously from Illinois's giant screw up of a law and rollout. So you, know, you had people coming over from Illinois. You had an online market with on, with uh, remote registration and remote funding. Indiana was soaring. I mean, you saw mobile share in Indiana approaching 80% already, and it felt like that was a market that had a chance to be one of the stronger secondary markets in the country, and now things slow down quite a bit. And I think what will really affect Indiana is, does this slowdown give Illinois a chance to get its act together, or do they just sort of push back and end up on the same delayed, bungled timeline that they've been on? Yeah, that Dustin, I think that's what we were looking at there with Indiana for the longest time was we and, and we were kind of actually excited about what the numbers might look like out of Indiana, especially around March Madness and everything like that, because of just where they were located, how the situation was set up there and their proximity to some pretty major population hubs. And uh, as Adam mentioned, kind of just kind of got kicked in the kind of got kicked in the junk with all of this pandemic stuff. Yeah, I mean, pretty clearly the number three market for online sports betting behind New Jersey and Pennsylvania right now. I mean, then I guess four when you count Nevada as well. But yeah, it's it's going. It's been it had been going really well. It was trending in the right direction. It still had access to you know the Chicago market, which you know Illinois had just again just launched right as the as the pandemic was was starting and had retail sports betting and no no actual online betting. So it has has still has a lot going for it. It does bring up a, the larger question of what's what is what are these sports books. And online sports betting markets going to look like as we come out of all of this and how we're, we're going to see things develop are you could have how much do you have to reactivate customers how much do you do people just come back of 
their own volition and say, oh, I, I had a sports betting app, I'll just come back. But it'll be an interesting thing to see how, how things develop and how, you know, we'll see what people really care about betting, you know, whatever sport comes back first, you know, PGA Tour in June. Um, we already have NASCAR uh, races going. What, what, which of these things bring people back in droves and which of them are kind of ancillary? It's all, all going to be fascinating data points to see, you know, what people are interested in and how these, how these betting markets kind of develop uh, as things get back to normalcy. And then talking about getting back to normalcy, we are starting to see some of the land-based casinos open back up. There are a few that opened up in Louisiana, a few more that are going to be opening up in Mississippi. We've seen some of the ones in some of the other states around the country. Um, some interesting photos coming out of some of these casinos. As far as the opening goes, there have been dates that have been floated here for the Las Vegas casinos as well. Adam, as we kind of move back into you know, I, no one can see my air quotes right now. Normalcy, uh, certainly not going to be normal, but moving towards more normalcy here. How do you think the reopening of these land-based casinos is going to affect online gaming? Let's call it in the short term here. We know in the long term that maybe the numbers are going to go down a little bit when people aren't trapped inside of their homes and, and things like that. But like in the short term, do you think people are going to rush back out to the casinos or do you think we're still going to see these online numbers thrive like we have been with poker, with on with online casino? And I'm sure once once the PGA Tour comes back, we're going to see sports betting handle start to increase as well. I think absolutely not. People are not going to flood back. And you know why, Matt? They're not reopening the buffets. This news just came out last night uh, here in Las Vegas. The station casinos, and I'm assuming others will follow, are not going to reopen the buffets. What reason is there to go to the casino if you cannot gorge yourself on all of the crab legs that you like? Like maybe that's Listen, the real the real thing here. Nothing like a scoop of 27 minute old uh whatever mac and cheese and just you know <laughs> slopping it slopping it on your plate you know i mean like it's it's been it's been sitting long enough that it's got that kind of like crust on the top of it but you eat oh, it anyway because yeah. you're like to hell with it it's it's a it's it's buffet mac and cheese i mean yeah no i i'm i i i, I r.i.p buffets because i don't think those things are ever coming back well uh, with, uh, with, yeah i mean with everything. That, that, well, that 27 minute crust also has had at least 27 people sneezing on it as they've gone by, too. So maybe it's not the uh, the right thing. The, the real question, I think, that we all are trying to figure out here is when we see these online gaming numbers tick up in New Jersey and in Pennsylvania, we're saying, OK, is this new spend or is this repurposed sports betting spend? Right. Uh, are we bringing in new people? Are you taking casino players who used to be going to the casino and bringing them online? And then it becomes a question of game by game. And I'm going to leave that more to Dustin and to you to talk about because you know those areas better than I do. But I don't know a lot of players who go out for slots because they love the social experience of slots as opposed to blackjack or poker or other table games, you know, craps or, or whatever you, you have. So I think the question really becomes with those when people come to the experience of online in March, in April, in May and, and beyond before casinos reopen again, are you creating new loyal customers? Are you creating people who see this channel and say, hey, you know what? This isn't so bad. I actually kind of prefer this to having to drive to the casino, sit in the smoke, you know, et cetera, et cetera. You don't maybe have the same easy access to rewards uh, that you do at the casino, right? As you build up points. 
you're usually spending those points within the building. Uh, and that means a lot to a lot of people who are regular players. So a lot of questions out there. The primary one being what were, what really have we seen in terms of where these dollars have come in during the pandemic shutdowns? Yeah, I think everybody's reacting to this in real time. Like, I think everybody knew there would be a, at least a short term tick up for all this stuff. Right. Uh, but we're seeing we saw doubling in New Jersey and Pennsylvania from from same month numbers last year for online casino in Pennsylvania, obviously doubling just from the they weren't live uh, a year ago, but now have more and just a doubling from last month uh, from March. So, you know, that I don't I don't think we're just going to see that plateau. It's going to go back down as other gambling options come back. Now, you have you have acquired new customers, you have introduced people that maybe weren't were familiar with online casino. So I think I think your your floor is probably higher. And but I, you're probably seeing I, my guess is as a ceiling for the short term. But you know, as we talked about earlier, hopefully, you know, people can, you gotta, it's hard to not see these numbers coming out of New Jersey and Pennsylvania, New Jersey, almost $80 million in revenue from online gambling. It was kind of crazy. And again, all that being said though, people are standing in line to get into physical casinos. So it's, it's a different, it's a different kind of customer. Sometimes there are certainly some people who do want to go to casinos and are finding online casino options, online pokers and, and, and all of this, but there's, you know, it's. Uh, I think anybody's telling you definitively how how this is going to shake out. And again, we have the, the arc of the the pandemic and how things reopen, and you know whether people really do want to stand in line for casinos into perpetuity if they're at, at, at smaller capacities. Who knows? But it it is interesting and uh, it is a fascinating case study, and it, and it is a good moment for for online gambling in that. You know, people are, it's growing, it's getting a little bit of, of publicity and uh, it, it really should be something that companies look at to, you know, increase their bottom lines. Yeah, I think the interesting, the real interesting thing to me is going to be the poker aspect of this, because I think we're going to find out whether people have been playing poker because they want to play poker or because they're bored, like whether online poker has surged here because they don't have anything better to do, or if it's actually people who you know, used to actually go and play poker in casinos and can anymore or whatever, because poker is not going to be the same. Poker is not going to be the same for a long time. I mean, when they open poker here in Vegas, you're not allowed to have more than four people at a table. I mean, how many people are going to play four handed poker? And even when then, what, then they do what expand to six players at, at a table, whatever. So poker is, is not going to be the same for the foreseeable future. So I'm actually interested, Dustin, as we kind of creep back into normalcy with, with just regular, you know, everyday life, do the poker numbers drastically fall off because people were only playing because they were bored or do those numbers hold on because it was actually people who, you know, want to play poker, weren't allowed to play poker. And so they, they sought out an alternative way to scratch that itch. Yeah, who knows? I mean, my my opinion probably aligns with yours that it's not it's just not going to be the same. Although Pennsylvania, we we do know that, you know, even pre pandemic, there was there's a lot more interest in Pennsylvania for poker than there was in in New Jersey ever. Uh, it's and, and the numbers in, in again in Pennsylvania are, are significantly higher during this time than they were. In, than they were in New Jersey, same month in April. So it's it's there's just something interesting there that, you know, it's a just the market is different in Pennsylvania, but again, we're not going to have we're, it, the people who kind of dive into this uh, thinking, Oh yeah, it's, it's, it's the new salad days for, for online poker. We're, we're going back to a world where it's not like it, we're never going back to a world where we have huge guarantees uh, for us players. You, you, have, you have Pennsylvania ring fence, you have New Jersey, Delaware, Nevada, all on their own. Uh, they're, they're pulling players, but not, a, not a huge market by any stretch of the imagination. We're never going to get to this critical mass of, 
a bunch of states that have online poker and all sharing liquidity. Now, I'd love for that to happen. I don't think it's going to happen. We've been trying to pass online poker. Or they've been trying to pass online poker in New York for, for quite some time now. Hasn't happened. It's kind of on the, it seems like it's pretty much on the back burner. Michigan and West Virginia could have on, online poker, but there, no guarantee that they're going to pull players across states. So to get to that critical mass where poker kind of starts taking life of its own again, it's, it's hard to believe. It's going to be, it's going to kind of be remain a niche product for people who really love poker. And I don't see it uh, really improving from that, uh, you know, when, when we get back to normalcy. Adam, as far as the physical casinos go, I'll admit, I, you know, I don't know, maybe I just look at it from a different approach. I didn't think it was going to be like, oh, let's open the doors and the herd rushes in. Anecdotally, what we've seen so far, that has actually been the case. Um, If you kind of look around, I don't know, maybe I'm in the minority here as far as, uh, you know, maybe I'm not looking to just rush back into places I think there's a lot of people who are. And if you talk about, especially, you know, the, the Vegas casinos in general that are only going to be able to operate at 50% capacity in their hotel rooms and things like that, it makes me wonder if, you know, if they're not going to be able to, to, to make this work because it seems like there are a lot more people willing to get back in than I even could have ever imagined. There are for now. Right. Like there are in terms of June, July, August. But you know, I think the question everybody is wondering nationally is that once we reopen and throw the doors, uh, you know, ajar a for everybody to come back, is this going to lead to a second wave of pandemic? Right. Like, are we going to go through this again? So I, I understand where your reluctance might come in. Um, I understand that, you know, <laughs> I'm probably right there with you that I'm not going to be going back to a physical casino anytime soon. And I mean, Matt, you and I, you know, and, and Dustin has had this as well. Like we've done work inside casinos and, you know, I've, I've definitely, you know, we did some work in March inside a casino and it was sort of like, get in, get out, don't linger. Um, and I, you know, maybe there are people more willing to do that. I wonder with some of these things where we've seen people line up at the door, by the way, if it's more of a situation where it's not just the casino, it's that, you don't have anything else to do, right? Like it's, it's just the only right. choice that you have. So maybe there's some of that too. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think, uh, you know, before we get out of here, just talking about physical sports books as well is something that will be a really interesting thing for me to, to find out as well. How willing are people going to be to go and, you know, sit in a giant mass of other people breathing and touching and whatever. And, you know, I, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe there will be. I, I For me, I would probably just err on the side of caution and not sit for hours on end and encounter, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of other people throughout the course of those, you know, three, four, five, six hours that you're sitting at a sports book or something. But uh, Dustin, I don't know. I mean, maybe these, maybe it is, it's just a different person, right? Maybe it's a different customer. It's a different breed. It's a different, whatever. And maybe these physical sports books will have butts in the seats. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's up to the individual people, right? It's, you know, I, I have not changed. Uh, we had reopening here in, in Oregon last week. I have not meaningfully changed my behavior because of that. Um, you know, there, there are certainly people who are, you know, we see, again, we saw, we see lines casinos, we're seeing huge weights at restaurants, you know, people, there are people who want to go back to being at places, even if they're different than before. So, you know, I, I think, you know, I think sports books takes, it takes sports too. It takes, you know, something to watch, you know, you're not going to go in there just to sit around, but if there's, you know, there's a lot going on, I, you know, I can see people going back to the physical sports books and, and them being pretty popular, albeit again, probably at limited capacity for now. 
As always, guys, everything we talk about here on the podcast, you can find over at LegalSportsReport.com. I highly suggest following Dustin Adam on Twitter at Dustin Galkrat, Adam Candy, two E's, no Y. And you know you want to do it. Just go subscribe, rate, and review. We're on the Apple, the Spotify, Stitcher, and Google. We're not making the Joe Rogan money on the podcast. So since we're not making the Joe Rogan money, you can pay us with just your subscription and your review and everything like that. That would be super spectacular we do appreciate that a ton and of course at lsp report on twitter for the general account if you want to follow us there for adam for dustin i'm matt talk to you guys next week The go through some emails, check your calendar, see that you have a 45-minute break in the day between meetings, realize this is your moment, so you drive right to McDonald's to pick up something extra delicious ASAP meal. Thank you. There's a meal for every moment at McDonald's. Buy one of your select faves and get another for just a dollar every morning, like a sausage McMuffin or hash browns. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Prices and participation may vary. Valid for product of equal or lesser value. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Combo meal valid when product served. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.